morning. I am Pastor Eric. I am one of the staff pastors here at Westview, and we welcome you this morning. We're glad that you're here. If you're online, we uh, are glad that you're here. Uh, we always encourage you to engage us online uh, by typing in the little boxes and, and letting us know what you think. You have a connection card, and so if you are new here, uh, we would like to invite you to put your information here. You can drop that off in one of the boxes or at the Welcome Center. We would just love to, uh, to get to know you, see how we can help you. And there's also a place on the back for some notes if you uh, felt led to take notes today. Um, so there's also um, out front, I want to remind you to be in prayer about the REACH campaign uh, card. This is uh, just uh, an opportunity for you to make a pledge to help us continue our mission here at Westview. And I think the collection date is June the 15th for these cards. And so we want everybody to, uh, to prayerfully consider what uh, God might be able to do th through you. We also want to introduce to you someone. Where'd she go? Mar Marissa. There she is back there. So this is Marissa. Um, if you would welcome her. She's our new marriage and family intern. And so she is here to provide some counseling services. It's absolutely free. And so uh, contact the office if you uh, would like to uh, engage uh, Marissa's help. So welcome, Marissa. We're glad you're here. I want to ask you to do something for me. I just feel like we're having a hard time engaging, or maybe it's me. I'm having a hard time engaging. So if you're able, to, would you just stand right now, and with one foot firmly planted on the floor, so don't leave your seat, just turn to someone and say, good morning. Are you ready? Now, some of you are cheating. Some of you are cheating. One firm... And let me call you back. So we don't do this very often for this very reason, because you just lose absolute control of a crowd. But uh, I just, it is a good opportunity to encourage you and to, to get you engaged. So we are starting a new series this morning, and I would venture a guess, let you venture a guess as to what you think a theme might be. It might have something to do with shoes. And shoes have been around for a very long time. In fact, they've been around since the movie Crudes. And Guy put a pair of fish on Thunk's feet. That's where shoes were, came from. And so, actually, they've probably been around longer than that. Google it if you don't know what Crudes is. It's a cute little movie. So uh, um, I would encourage you to look that up. And we have quite a collection of shoes up here on stage. Uh, they come in a variety of shapes and sizes, uh, which is appropriate because throughout history, shoes have been made and used for a wide variety of purposes as well. In fact, there are shoes, and there are some up here, shoes for walking, there are shoes for running and kicking and dancing and working and digging and preaching and styling and spanking. Yes, I said it. <laughs> Playing, skating, riding, moonwalking, and walking on the moon and probably many more uses. In Bible times, they were used for sealing a deal. They were used for insulting a neighbor, and they were used for shaking the dust off when you went to some place and they weren't receptive for the gospel. They've been made of everything you can imagine, rubber, plastic, wood, vinyl, cloth, steel. Um, wood, did I say that? All right, so about anything you can imagine, they've been, the shoes have been made of. And so we're starting a series about shoes, but there's one thing that's important that I think you need to understand when it comes to shoes. They're worthless unless you put them on. Now, you can have a whole closet full of shoes, and I'm guessing that probably some of you do, but until you take them out of the closet and put them on, they're usually good for nothing other than just to look at that's not what they're about. Um, they're, they're meant for a reason. They're an important part of our journey, aren't they? 
And in fact, our shoes tell the story of our journey. And so and when you look up here and you look at the variety of shoes, I mean, these were my junior high basketball shoes. Now, you have a cool name for them. You call them, what do they call them now? I call them Converse. Now they call them Chuck Taylors. So Chuck Taylors, that, that, that was before leather was invented. These are really Reebok referee shoes. And so I just imagine that these shoes were probably worn by a referee that was refereeing when Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan were winning National Basketball Association championships, maybe. These are my riding boots. But these aren't the riding boots I was wearing the day I, I totaled my motorcycle. I was wearing these boots. So these saved my toes and my ankles. Um, these are what are called bunny boots. I don't know why they call them bunny boots, but they're cool. These were worn by military for cold weather operations. They actually have an air pump on them, so you can pump them up with air. And, uh, and so I imagine these were worn by a soldier that was protecting our freedom somewhere overseas, uh, winning the battles for us. Uh, we have some Cinderella shoes, so some young lady was wearing these, probably waiting for her Prince Charming to come along and save her from something. Um, we have some running shoes, which I never do, and a variety of other things. I'm not sure what these things are. That's probably where they belong. So anyway, shoes come in all variety of sizes and shapes, and, um, and I have no idea whether the stories I told about these shoes is accurate or not, but I knew, do know that they're all very different, and I do know that the stories that they share are all very different. The shoes that you're wearing today tell your story, and it's a different story than my story. And so in this series, we're going to look at the, the stories of some characters that are wearing different shoes. Now, you know some of the sayings about shoes. Those are some tough shoes to fill. You ever heard that one? So maybe you've been in a job, and you're behind somebody that's done a really good job, and they retired and moved on, and now it's up to you, and you have to fill their shoes. We heard this a lot when a legendary football coach recently retired, and we had to go find a new one. Those are some tough shoes to fill. You've probably heard this one. I wouldn't want to be in his shoes, right? That's usually when somebody's going through a struggle, something we don't want to go through. Or maybe you've heard this one. Try walking a mile in my shoes. We use that one if we want to whine a little bit or a lot. One of my favorites is a song by Nancy Sinatra. Some of you might remember, these boots are made for walking, and that's just what they do. I'll let you fill in the rest. That was used usually by my brothers when they didn't want me in the room with them. One of these days, these boots are going to walk all over you. So in this series, we're going to look at shoes. And one thing I noticed about shoes is that they tell the story of a journey. And have you ever noticed that in your journey, in our journeys, that God often shows up in our journey at the most odd times or inopportune times sometimes? That God shows up when we least expect it. For Adam, it was in the cool of the evening, right after he committed the first sin. For Moses, it was from a burning bush after he'd been wandering in the wilderness. And for Samuel, it was in the middle of the night when he was a 12-year-old boy. For Mary, God showed up when she was a young woman and pregnant with the Savior of the world. For Saul, it was on the road to Damascus when he was on his way to persecute Christians. And for Thomas, it was in the middle of his fear and doubt after the crucifixion of Jesus. In my life, it was when I was headed to the bar. It was ladies' night. So what do these ha all have in common? Well, God uses 
these intersected moments of our life to accomplish his purpose. And those purposes are accomplished not by extraordinary people, usually, but by ordinary people. People that are oddballs and rebels and sinners and saints. And yet God uses them to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. Their journeys can inspire us and, and, and lead us. And so what we're going to do in this series is we're going to slip on the shoes. We're going to walk a mile in the shoes of some special characters from Scripture to see what we might learn that might help us on our journey, our Christian walk. And so this morning we're going to start with a story of Cornelius and Peter from Acts chapter 10. So if you want to take your Bibles, your phones, and look up Acts chapter 10, we're going to, to share this story so let me start with verse 1. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man, and was, and as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. One afternoon, about 3 o'clock, he had a vision in which he saw an angel of God coming down toward him. Cornelius, the angel said. Cornelius stared at him in terror. What is it, sir? He asked the angel. And the angel replied, Your prayers and gifts of the poor have been received by God as an offering. Now send some men to Joppa and summon a man named Simon Peter. He's staying with Simon, a tanner who lives near the seashore. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier and one of his personal attendants, and he told them what had happened, and he sent them off to Joppa. So what would it look like if we were to put on the boots of a Roman centurion? Well, we're told a couple of things in the story about this particular Roman. We're told, first of all, that he was a Roman. Now, as a Roman, that's significant in Cornelius' journey. Because as you know, Romans were the tyrannical rulers over the nation of Israel. They didn't get along very well. They were known to be brutal in their dealing with the Jews. And in fact, they were the key players in their crucifixion of Jesus. These were the boots of a Roman soldier. We know that this particular uh, Arm, was an army officer or centurion his shoes were the shoes of, of a commander they were used to giving orders and commanding others and in this case he commanded the Italian regiment we know that from this story so to walk in these shoes was a typical was typically a journal a journey with filled with war and brutality and bloodshed of giving orders and ruling over the downtrodden and yet in this story here it takes a difference a slight turn because we read that he was also a God-fearing man. And it didn't stop there. He was the faith leader of his family. And so he went against the status quo of most Roman officers. Certainly not common occurrence for a man in his shoes. We also read that he gave regularly to the poor. His commanding heart felt compassion for others, so much so that it moved him into action it moved him to do something and that was noticed we learned that he prayed regularly perhaps the most extraordinary thing about Cornelius and his path was that his life was far different than most of his comrades in the fact that he was a God-fearing praying man and we learn also from this story that once the angel showed up he obeys immediately. He didn't ask for a fleece. He didn't question whether this was really an angel from God. He simply responded. 
So the shoes that Cornelius wore, the boots that he wore, were meant to protect him in battle, command others as an officer. They were for marching and fighting, and yet God used this ordinary Roman officer to accomplish and fulfill his plan, a prophecy that was told in Acts, that the gospel would go from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and to the ends of the earth in Acts chapter 1. And so what can we learn if we were to walk in the boots of Cornelius? Well, here's sermon note number one. God accomplishes his plans and purposes through ordinary people. God accomplishes his plan and purposes through ordinary people. Now, I have a confession. I've been guilty of the whole fleece thing. I've been guilty when God shows up occasionally of saying, well, Lord, if this is really you, and I suppose if you were honest, probably many of you would share that. I've also been guilty of really knowing it was probably God and yet wanting to question. God, I'm not sure. And in fact, isn't it interesting that God sometimes uses the most ordinary people to impact your life in a godly way? For me, I was, I was praying about whether to, I was supposed to go to North Carolina and leave here, and it was pretty clear. I mean, God, all the signs, everything about my life pointed there, and yet I was really struggling with that, and I was at work one day, and a non-Christian co-worker of mine says, aren't you a Christian? And I said, well, yeah, 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 I am. And she says, are you praying about it? And I said, yeah. And she says, then go. <laughs> you see, God uses ordinary people to accomplish what he wants to accomplish, and sometimes it's not really what we expect. You know, Henry Blackaby did a, series, a study years ago called Experiencing God, and he said something in that series that really impacted my life. He said, pray, and then watch what happens next. And I think sometimes we're guilty of praying, and then we don't really expect God to show up. I would encourage you this morning, pray, and then watch what happens next, because God wants to use you. Those were the boots of Cornelius, a Roman officer who was a God-fearing praying man well let's put on another pair of shoes let's look at peter the disciple acts chapter 10 verses 9 through 18 we read this the next day as cornelius messengers were nearing the town peter went up on the roof to pray it was about noon and he was hungry but while a meal was being prepared he fell into a trance and he saw the sky open and something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners and the sheet were all sorts of animals reptiles and birds and then a voice said to him get up Peter kill and eat no Lord Peter declared I've never eaten anything that our Jewish laws have declared impure or unclean but the voice spoke again do not call something unclean if God has made it clean that same vision was repeated three times then the sheet was suddenly pulled up to heaven, and Peter was perplexed. What could the vision mean? Well, just then the men sent by Cornelius found Simon's house. Standing outside the gate, they asked if a man named Simon Peter was staying there. So let's put on Peter's sandals. We know all about Peter, right? I mean, Peter the disciple. Uh, and so when you look at Peter's sandals, when we put those on, they were the sandals that followed Jesus. He was not just an apostle. He was one of the original Apostles, Talk about tough shoes to fill. I mean, he was the one. He was the guy. He was the one who cut Malchus's ear off when he was trying to protect Jesus in the garden. He was the, the one of the three that witnessed the, the, the uh, transfiguration on the mountain and wanted to build an altar to make it a memorable occasion. He gave the right answer when Jesus asked who he thought he was, and he responded, you're Christ, the son of the living God. That was Peter. 
This is the Peter who is now a Jewish leader of this brand new body of Christ followers known as the Way. Oh yes, this is also the Peter who'd been told to get behind me, Satan, shortly after he called him the Christ, the son of the living God. This was the Peter who had denied Jesus three times when he needed him most. These were the shoes of a man who knew Jesus and yet had failed him. But in this encounter, we know some more things about Peter, that, and we know that God is at work in this encounter. We know this, that he too was praying. It tells us that. And if there's one thing we can learn from the journeys of both Cornelius and Peter, it's this. When we pray, God things happen. When we pray, God things happen. And when we, we pray together, when we join together in prayer, amazing God things happen. Both men were praying we also know that Peter was hungry. Now, I've often wondered why this was a part of the story because the truth is it was common for Jewish people to pray at morning, noon, and night. I mean, David said in Psalm 55, 17, morning, noon, and night I cry out in my distress. Daniel, we know, was praying at noon when, when uh, he wasn't supposed to be praying, was, was commanded not to pray, and he ended up getting thrown up in the lion's den. But yet what we do know is that it was during Peter's normal prayer time when God showed up. And as I was writing this, it made me think sometimes I wonder if I don't hear God's voice as much because noon isn't my normal prayer time. Sometimes I wonder if I would hear God's voice more if morning, noon, and night is when I was seeking you see, I seek him lots when I'm in trouble, when I need something. I also seek him when somebody tells me that somebody needs prayer. But sometimes I confess it may not be just a part of my normal being as a Christ follower. And so it was in this normal prayer time that God shows up and encounters Peter. And then we know that he saw a disturbing vision. And now for me, this isn't disturbing at all. I mean, if a sheet full of food drops down and God says, eat, I'm there. Count me in. For Peter, not so much because in this sheet, there were all of the things that Leviticus had told them, these are things that are unclean. You shouldn't eat these things. And so Peter was an obedient Jewish man. No way, I'm not gonna eat that stuff. And yet it's important enough that in this encounter that God doesn't tell him that once. He tells him three times the number of completeness. God wants to make a point. And then we know that like Cornelius, he too obeyed immediately. The scripture tells us he went down to the men and then he invited the men to stay the night. And you need to understand the implications of that statement. You see, not only did Peter have a vision telling him he needed to eat these things that he considered unclean, to invite a Gentile Roman to spend the night in your house wasn't cool. And yet Peter immediately responds. And we know that the next day he also travels to the house of Cornelius and all heaven breaks out. You see, when we're willing to obey, when we're willing to pray, God shows up. Sermon note number two. God intersects us on our journey and allows us to help accomplish his plans and purposes. God intersects us on our journey. 
And not only our journey, he intersects the lives of others. He's working this pattern, this tapestry of things that we can't even see. He's at work in all of his creation to accomplish his plans and purposes. And the good news is, you and I get to be part of that. We get to wear the shoes that take us on a journey with God. That's amazing to me. God wants to and God can use me. He wants to use you. He wants us to do things that we could never imagine doing on our own. And yet, if we're willing, if we're willing to maybe change just a little bit of our normal things, he'll use us. Just like he used Cornelius and Peter. Two very different shoes. Acts chapter 10, verses 34 to 36, we read part of the rest of the story. So Peter and Cornelius are together, and then Peter replies, I can see very clearly that God shows no favoritism. Hallelujah. In every nation, he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. This is the message of good news for the people of Israel, that there is peace with God through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. And then in verse 44, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. Then Peter asked, can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And afterward, Cornelius asked him to stay with them for several days. Today's Pentecost Sunday, as Pastor Brian mentioned, it's the day when we celebrate the coming of the Holy Days, 50 days after the resurrection, as promised in Acts chapter 2. But now the good news is, the Holy Spirit is with all of us, indwells in all of us. God uses Cornelius, this Gentile Roman, to help Peter understand <laughs> that the gospel's for everybody. There's no favoritism here. You see, you don't own your Christianity. Your Christianity is to be spread. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts of the earth. That was God's original plan. That's what God uses the boots of a Roman soldier to help Peter understand. You see, the clean and clean, unclean didn't really have a lot to do with the animals and the sheet. It had to do with the fact that Peter's good news needed to be shared with everybody. As both men prayed, God paid them a visit and called them to act. As both men obeyed, God changed them forever. Peter embraced the gospel to the Gentiles, and Cornelius and his family received the Holy Spirit and were baptized in that order, by the way. So when we think of God accomplishing his mission, most of us wouldn't pair the boots of Cornelius with the sandals of Peter. But God did. God used them to fulfill his purpose. A purpose we read about in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6, and this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. This morning, you need to realize you're a child of God as a Christ follower, that the good news is your good news. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. And that's great news for us. We celebrate Pentecost Sunday. We celebrate the fact that we have the gift of God's Holy Spirit right here within us. We celebrate the fact that God uses ordinary men and women like you and me to accomplish amazing things and fulfill his purpose. 
Which brings me to one last point. So we're talking about what it would be like to walk in the shoes of somebody else. But here's one thing I know, is that when we're on our, our journey, we have to wear our own shoes. Because when we try to fill our journey with the shoes of others, we fail miserably. It's just not very comfortable. So folks, wear the shoes God gave you and do it well. Don't try to be somebody else. You're not Billy Graham. You're not Louis Giglio. You're you. I'm me. And yet God still chooses to use us. Which brings us to sermon note number three. We have a choice. Allow God to direct us on our journey or choose a direction of our own. One of my life verses is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's probably one you're familiar with. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So this morning, I'm going to ask you to do something just by way of application. I'm going to ask you to take off one of your shoes if you're willing plug your nose if you need to <laughs> so on the back of the chair in front of you there's one of those fancy pens I would like you to find a place inside your shoe or on the bottom of your shoe and just write these words Lord let's take a walk invite God on your journey Lord let's take a walk as we prepare for offering this morning our offering is our willingness to pray, our willingness to obey and respond. Our offering is our willingness to change and let God use us on our journey. Our offering this morning is being willing to be used of God. No matter what our past is, no matter what our faults are, it's just a willingness to say, here I am, Lord use me let's pray father thank you for this day this day we celebrate pentecost this day that we celebrate the gift of your holy spirit father as we go on this journey father help us guide us direct us so that we can be used of you father help us not to be fleece people but to trust Help us to be people of prayer and to listen. And Father, help us to be givers as Cornelius was, to see a need and to meet the need. Father, we are your children. And so we take this opportunity to say, here we are, Lord. Use us on our journey. In Jesus' name, amen.